It's good to see you all. And uh, some of you were like, like it was kind of fun to see all of you like getting into the music there on that one. Um, so as uh, Ryan said, uh, we're in this series, uh, What is Love? And uh, I'm going to be kind of looking at one specific thing uh, about this as we kind of ask this question, what is love, as we go through this uh, series. And if you have your Bibles um, and want to follow along or write stuff in it or whatever, uh, go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, that's where we're going to be. Um, because uh, in Luke chapter 6, uh, Jesus, uh, there's a section there where he talks about um, uh, the golden rule, the golden rule. And probably most of us are somewhat familiar with the idea of the golden rule. And so we're going to read where he talks about this, but it's, it's what follows after this is he kind of states the golden rule um, that you, real, you realize there are like some different ways to understand love and to uh, walk this out. And there's, there's something I want to do in particular this uh, morning with it. So look with me. Uh, Luke chapter six, look at verse 31. Here's where he actually mentions uh, the golden rule. And it's talked about in different ways uh, in the gospels, but in verse 31, it says, do to others as you would have them do to you. All right. Now here's where he follows up. And as he begins to follow up on this, th this is the part that I want to look at. And just look at the, just the first part of the next verse there. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? And he asks this question and he's going to ask He's going to give us three scenarios and ask this question over and over through these. And, and that's the part I want to dig into uh, here this morning. But let me start with this exercise before we uh, kind of start to unpack that a little bit. Um, I want you to think of someone here. Uh, and if you're married, I want you to think of someone other than your spouse this morning, okay? Um, I want you to think of someone who is easy to love. Who is someone in your life uh, maybe from years past, maybe currently, you just say, boy, that, that person is easy to love. It's easy to be nice to them, right? Uh, if they make a mistake, if they're irritable, it's so easy to just like let it go because it's easy to give them grace, right? It just, you just, you find that. Now, I did this exercise this uh, past uh, Friday, I sat down and as I was working on this, I thought, okay, who, like, who would that be? And I was thinking through different names or whatever. And it kind of surprised me. I thought of someone from way back in my past, a school bus driver. I know. And you're like, a school bus driver? Yeah, I just, I, this, uh, one of my school bus drivers from when I was in elementary school, like, popped into my brain. And as I kind of thought about it, I, like, he's kind of the person I picked uh, for this. And, and so here's what I want you to do. is you think of that person, I want you now to think specifically, why is it easy to love that person? Why, what, what are some things that you'd look at and go, here's why it's easy to love that person? What, what would that be? So I think back on that school bus driver, right? And I, uh, I was a uh, very hyperactive, still am, right? very hyperactive, ants in my pants kind of kid that just like, just, I, I couldn't hardly sit still, right? And my bus ride, I, we lived way out in the, uh, in the Tucson mountains and um, my bus ride, especially in the afternoons, uh, some semesters or years was like more than an hour and a half long. So picture me, hyperactive Glenn who can't sit still, 
on a hour and a half bus ride every single afternoon. Like it's just, you wouldn't want to be my bus driver, okay? Like it's just, um, and it just, I, I don't know. I, I had a way of creating issues at different moments, just because I was bored and I just, and sitting in that seat, like I do remember this one time. Um, uh, for whatever reason, I needed to spit, right? Because I was a kid and a boy and just you needed to spit. And so I spit out the window of, my, of the bus. You remember the buses, you know, they have like the sliding windows. And so I spit out the window and the next four or five windows were all slid up. And like four or five windows down, the window was open. And the vortex for the wind or whatever it was, was just right. And I spit and that spit went out and just like, and got sucked right back in the bus and hit somebody. And that was a moment that my bus driver probably didn't appreciate very much because I remember like it became a thing, right? And this was my, my bus driver. But what I remember is for, for you know, again, uh, all the trouble that I would have caused, like he, he was kind to me. Like he treated me humanely, right? He offered me, like he, he offered me grace. He, just, he had this way of, of treating me, even a kid that was hyperactive and, and couldn't stay in his seat and was always causing problems. Just, he, he found a way of treating me in a way that I actually remember now decades uh, later uh, in this. And, and there were things about that. What is it for you? What, what is it that you'd say, man, this is the thing that I look back and this is why I think it's easy for me to love that person. Part of it, I bet, comes down to grace. I know that bus driver gave me a lot of grace, right? And I'm willing to bet that that person in your life that you'd look at and say, they're easy to love. Even on their worst day, I, I've, it, I can, they're easy to love because probably there's someone who's given you a lot of grace. Now, when we think about grace, I, I wanna give just like a working definition of grace because there's so many things that, be, that can be connected uh, to grace in this. And, and here's a simple way for this morning that I want you to think about grace. And it's this, um, start with this, unmerited favor, right? That, that is a classic understanding of grace, like as you see it used throughout scripture, unmerited favor favor. Um, it's the idea of when someone favors you just because they want to do good things in your life, like just because, right? They, like they, they don't have to have a reason. You've not earned it. You don't deserve it. They, it is on their end, them seeking to do something good or beautiful in your life, right? And here's the thing about grace. We all long for that kind of grace. We all long to experience that in our lives. And another thing about grace that I want to mention here this morning is that so often we think about grace on just the receiving side of it. I received grace from someone. I received um, unmerited favor from someone. But I want you to also think about grace can be experienced going like the other direction. Grace can be experienced when we're the one offering that unmerited favor, when we are trying to just bless someone just because, that, that you can have an equally 
a, a deep or profound experience around grace, even in that situation. There's, the beauty of grace is, is how it goes uh, both ways in this. And what you're going to see in this passage as we walk through it is that Jesus is going to connect this idea of grace back to love, back to the golden rule in a way that maybe is unexpected. Uh, I know it, it ended up being unexpected for me in this as uh, I was working on this passage uh, this, uh, this week. Um, and so when you think about grace and you think about what Jesus is doing, think about it as that idea of if you can experience it either way. And, and you've probably experienced it both ways, right? I mean, obviously there's been moments where someone has treated you or given you a gift that was unmerited. But think about a moment maybe when you gave somebody a gift. Do you remember what that felt like? Maybe, maybe you gave someone a gift and, and it's because you noticed they needed some encouragement in their life. And do you remember what it was like? And you just, you remember what, you knew how this was going to bless them. You knew how it was gonna make them feel. And you actually experienced something really good, even though kind of technically you didn't get anything out of it. it it's like, you experienced a kind of goodness in giving away. That's the beauty of grace. And Jesus, we're going to watch him connect that to this whole idea of love uh, in the golden uh, rule here. Um, so uh, in this passage, uh, Jesus is going to walk out the importance of love. And he's going to do a really interesting thing here. Um, he is going to show us a kind of love that is conditional. But then he's also going to show us a kind of love that is unconditional. And it's that unconditional love that as he walks through it, he's going to call us to. And that's literally what I want to do today. I, I want to just walk you through that there's this kind of love that's conditional and there's this kind of love that is unconditional and, and literally make the application this morning, this challenge that Jesus gives at the end of this passage to uh, all of us. So uh, look with me uh, back at uh, the passage here, Luke chapter six, verse 32. Um, and he's going to walk through these uh, three questions with these three little scenarios. He says this, if you love those who love you, this is verse 32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Pause there for just a second, because that word credit, uh, we, it is really easy to misunderstand what Jesus is getting at with this word credit from the English language, what's, what's happening here and how it most often gets translated uh, here. Because when we think of credit, what do we think of? We think of like extra credit, right? I earned something. I did some extra work. And because of what I did, I merited like this idea of getting, you know, a gold star or getting more bonus points towards my grade or whatever. We, we think of credit as something earned. And that's actually kind of the opposite of what this word is in Greek. Um, and, and this was something I did not know until this week. We were in the middle of the, of the preacher meeting and we were uh, going over this passage uh, and uh, some of us were on Zoom and suddenly Seth, who was on Zoom, spoke up and he goes, that word credit, that in Greek is the word uh, kairos, which literally and which, like, I was like, what? That's like, and I actually went and looked it up. And not that I didn't trust him. I trusted him. I just wanted to see for myself that it was really that word. Here's why that's a big deal. That literally, literally is the Greek word for, for grace. If you look through your English Bible and all the different places where you see the word grace in your Bible, 
that was translated from the Greek word uh, kairos here. That, like, it's the word grace here. And when you, again, when you think of grace, you think of that idea of unmerited uh, favor. It can be translated um, like unmerited or unearned kindness or joy or uh, unearned goodwill. You can translate uh, um, kairos uh, as a gift, like an unearned gift. It's this beautiful thing. And so when you begin to see what it is in the language, it's all of a sudden you realize, you know, maybe what Jesus was saying there is different than what I thought it first passed. Because when I think when he says, what credit is it to you? I'm thinking of something I earned. What, did I earn something or not earn something here? But that's actually not what he's getting at here. In fact, if you look back at this passage, one way you could translate this would be uh, this. If you love those who love you, what unearned gift is that to you? And you're probably looking at it and you're going, hmm, yeah, what does that mean? It's like, like, right, there's like this kind of confusing thing to it a little bit. Let me paraphrase it. Let me give you a paraphrase of what I think Jesus is getting at in this passage and why he uses the word uh, uh, kairos or kairos uh, here. Um, here's how I would paraphrase it. If you just love someone who loves you, have you really experienced any grace? right? If all you've done is just love someone because they loved you, which, and not a bad thing, right? But if, 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 if it's just you're doing it because they did it, have you really experienced a moment of grace, either in receiving it or giving it, in, in whatever way? And of course, his point here is you've not. You've not. Whatever you gained out of that moment, which could be a good thing, right? You loved someone because they loved you or they loved you because you loved them first, whatever it is. Whatever you gained in that moment isn't this beautiful experience of grace in that moment. It's more like, here's what he's getting at. It's more like a quid pro quo here, um, which can be okay or good. It's that I'll give you something to get something from you. That's the idea. I'm gonna give you something, but then you need to give me something. Or you gave me something and now I, I, I owe you something in here. Um, and what happens is, is it becomes conditional. That love in this moment is conditional. It's, it's transactional. It's love that becomes a transaction. Um, and what he points out here is it really is love. He's not saying it's terrible and he doesn't say it's not love. In fact, look at the second half of verse 32. He says, even sinners love those who love them. He's calling it love. It's just, it's, it's a different kind of love, right? There is a kind of love that longs for grace, but settles for a transaction. And we've experienced that. And that kind of thing sells love short, right? There's a deeper kind of love that Christ is going to call us to in all of this. Ever find yourself longing to experience something, uh, I don't know, more meaningful in a relationship, maybe a deeper connection? Ever find yourself feeling like, man, 
I, like, and maybe it's with a group of friends. Maybe it's someone that you're really clo uh, close to, a loved one or something. And you just say, I wish I could be loved more for just who I am. That's a desire for grace. Just, I would love to just be loved for who I am, right? With your family, maybe. Or maybe it's in a friendship and you, you long for that. Have any friendships where it feels like a lot of it's conditional? If you didn't provide some of the things that you provided in that friendship, you don't really know that your friends would wanna hang out with you as much. Like it's, it's more of something they might be getting from you. Ever feel that way with God, maybe? See, we all long for grace. We all long for a deeper kind of love in this. But I find it interesting that what Jesus does here is it's, he's kind of pointing out, but this is, the love that we see so often in the world. Like it, and in some ways, this is a very common kind of love in the world. Uh, you see it like in foreign affairs uh, with diplomats, right? Like think about two diplomats working together between warring factions or something. It's like, okay, if, if you'll just not attack us, we'll agree just not to attack you, right? And we'd go, that's good, right? That's a good thing, right? It's just, you do something nice and we'll do something nice. And we, we won't, we'll just not harm each other, right? And we'd say, that's good. You think about uh, in, the, in the business world of things, uh, oftentimes there's this idea of win-win negotiating or win-win uh, kind of deals or agreements. And those are good, right? Those are way better than a win-lose agreement or a lose-lose agreement. It's a good thing. It's just, it's just, it falls short when it comes to a lot of our relationships, doesn't it? You want something more from your marriage. You want something more in your family. You want something more with your closest friends. And you know this, you long for that grace. Because when you experience the other, you feel how it sells love short for what you need. And that transactional or tra uh, a, a kind of love, right? Even though it's really love, it, it can come back and, and bite you, can it, right? It's, I think of it this way. Um, uh, it's good until it's not, right? right? It's that kind of love. It's really good until it's not, because there's that moment when it's not good. And Jesus actually walks that out with these questions. So, um, there's two more little scenarios where he, that he walks out and he asks this same question over again. And I want to look at these two because he does an interesting thing with them. Um, he gives us both sides of the transaction. He's, he starts with when we're the one that's the responder in the transaction. And then he looks at when we're the initiator in the transaction. So look at this first one. And, uh, and he's going to walk out how it plays, how it can play short. So he says this, look at verse uh, 33. He says, um, and if you do good to those who are, who, who are good to you, in other words, there's someone, they've been good to you, now you're the responder and you do good to them, right? Same situation. He comes back to this same question. He says, it's the same thing, right? Uh, look at the rest of 33. What credit is that to you? Even sinners do that, right? And again, the point is, what grace is there in all of that for you? There's not, there's not, right? Um, have you ever had a moment when um, 
Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're at the grocery store. Maybe you were standing in line someplace and you were around someone you had never met before and that person starts talking to you. Or maybe you walk out of a restaurant and you're walking down the side and there's someone that you don't and they start talking to you and they seem so friendly and they're complimentary and they're nice, right? They, just, and you're like, wow, this is such a nice person. Like, you know, they're engaging and they're asking me questions about me and they like the way I'm dressed maybe, or like, I just, just, and you're just like, this is so nice until, right? It's good until it's not, right? And then it's like, oh, you want me to buy something, right? Ever have that moment? Yeah. Or you want me to sign something or support something. Yeah. What did that feel like in that moment? See, this is that, that's that transactional thing. You know, uh, you know when it's worse? When it's a similar situation only with someone who knows you. It's your friend. It's a family member. And it's like there's this kindness or this goodness and it kind of pulls you in. And then all of a sudden you're like, it's not really about me. It's, it's not out of a heart for me. I, it's like, it's, it's really about what they'll get from me, right? Ever experienced that, right? Maybe, I don't know, like you've got a, you've got a friend and he like, he's, he's wanting to hang out with you a bunch. And, like, and you're like, man, he is like, He's such, he's so nice that he's coming and hanging out with me and we're having a great time. And it's wonderful till you realize it's just, no, he just wants to date your sister. That's all that's going on. You thought he, he liked you a lot. No, no, he just wants to get a date with your sister. That's all that's going on there, right? Um, it's, right, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's when someone you know and they're like being so nice and I was like, no, they just want to borrow some money in this thing, right? And it's just, and how does that leave you feeling used? right? Like it, it stings. There's, it, it's a kind of love because they're being nice, but it's really about the transaction. It's about what they'll get from you in this. Uh, years ago, Angie and I were on vacation. We stayed at a nice place and we're checking in in the morning. And uh, uh, there was a lady there that was, you know, asking us questions about it. And so, oh, wonderful. She said, um, how, you know, like, you know, it's your first time here. We're like, yeah. And she goes, oh, that's great. How about um, I'll give you a complimentary uh, breakfast at our, you know, our best restaurant that's open for breakfast or whatever. And we're like, oh, this is wonderful. And so she invited us to that. And the next morning we got in and we go into this breakfast and it seems really good. And she was there and it was wonderful until she pulled out the clipboard and spent the next 45 minutes trying to sell us a timeshare. And I was like, this breakfast wasn't worth it. And I'm stuck here in this moment, right? It's that, it's that thing, right? And that's what Jesus is getting at. He's like, you know, that, that thing, yeah, you can get that kind of love. That's, the world loves that way all over the place. And it's not that it's bad until it is, right? Now, he points out another one on this where he kind of looks at the flip side of this. Uh, look at this one, look at verse 34 here. He says, uh, and this is where uh, he puts us in the place of the initiator in this. He says, and if you, if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even if uh, even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. So it's like, um, you know, you 
you, you can't say I'm going to graciously lend you this money and then I'm expecting it back. Now, let me also, just a caveat here with this. Um, this is not Jesus teaching about how to handle money. This is not how Christian bankers should behave, right? That's not that. Because if we used it for that, then Christian bankers would just be the worst, right? Because they would just lose all of their money, right? And that. You might love doing banking with them, but, but yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be the bank owner, right? Um, this is using this kind of financial illustration to help us understand something about love. That's what's going on here. Um, and he introduces a new term twice in this example that is new from the other two examples that's important to understand. And it's the word expecting, expecting, right? So there's this kind of love that has this expectation attached to it in this. Um, it's transactional, but it has this way of putting this kind of weight of an obligation or an expectation on that person. Transactional love can quickly become conditional love. That's all this is. He's describing a kind of conditional love. And you've probably experienced that, right? Moments where maybe, uh, I don't know, growing up and you found that your grades slipped a little bit. And as they slipped, all of a sudden, it's like the message, you're not enough, started, you, you started feeling that. Maybe it was from a teacher. Maybe it was from your parents. Maybe it was from someone else. And it just, it, that the weight of you're not enough, you know, because of where your grades are going, like, how did that feel, right? Um, or it's a friend, right, who it's like, you know, I texted you and you, I gave you three hours and you didn't text me back within three hours and it's just like, now you're getting the silent treatment because, you know, somewhere you violated the expectation of how long you can wait before you text somebody back in that, right? Some of you ever experienced that? Yeah, and right, and there's, you know, there, there's like, we could divide the whole room in those that are like fast texters, right? And those that are just like, how many texts? You know, like just, until that little number on the thing hits like triple digits, you know, I don't, I, I'm not getting back to all my texts on this thing, right? It's, it's that, but there's that weight of expectation uh, that you uh, feel on this. Or, I don't know, it's like uh, hypothetically maybe, you know, one spouse cleans the house top to bottom. Everything is so nice. And then the other spouse comes home and is oblivious to how, wonderful the house looks and walks in and just, I don't know, and just throws his shoes in the middle of the room, oblivious to all of it, right? Just happens, misses the whole thing, you know? And then maybe the other spouse is like, well, Valentine's may not be so great for you this year. Who knows? I don't know, right? right? It's just, right? There's this, there's moments where we experience the weight of expectations on something, and what he's saying is, like, if, if you're responding because you're trying to lift the weight of expectation or because you're putting the weight of expectation on, did you really experience grace? Saying no, like, like, that's not what happened in that. And so here's this challenge, because what he's pointed out to us here is this thing, is that, right, there's a kind of love that's really just a transaction. But here's what he's gonna to point to. There's a kind of love bathed in the grace of God 
and it really is accessible to you and me. And that's what I want you to hear. There's a kind of love that is just bathed in the grace of God. And sometimes it can feel like it's unacceptable or unaccessible to us. And I think what he's saying is, no, you, like, you can really live this way. And that's, that's the challenge. That's the thing that I want you to um, get out of this morning and actually be motivated to walk in and live out of uh, in this. So um, look at where he goes next, because this is where the application happens in this uh, next uh, part here. Verse 35, and here's the challenge. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk through the verse and, and just kind of, just kind of hand over this challenge to you and to me to, to live out what he says here. So here's what he says, verse 35. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back, right? And so here's the challenge. And you think about these words, right? Um, love, love your enemies and do good, right? And so here's how I would phrase this challenge to, to you and me in walking this out. Be ready be proactive to bless others for the sake of just blessing them. Not for what you get out of it. Not because they're a friend or an enemy and not because of what they've done for you. Even your enemies, be ready. Bless others for the sake of just blessing them, right? Now, um, this is difficult, isn't it? Like you think about that. You know, early uh, on, I asked you to think about who's that person in your life that's easy to love, right? And we think about that and it's just like, oh, I think of all the nice feelings you have. It's, yeah. So on this one though, maybe think about the person who's hard to love. And maybe I'll put the caveat, if it's your spouse, don't include your spouse in this one either, right? Just think of someone other than your spouse. If you're married, that's that hard to love person in your life, Right? Because what Jesus is challenging us to is don't hold back from loving even that person. That kind of grace-filled love, that's for even them. So like, like, who's that person in your life? And Jesus is saying, I want you to find a way to love that person with this kind of grace, this unearned uh, grace. And, and there's a second part to this that I think is important. And let me give you this challenge as well. Um, and I, I'd reference it this way. Extend grace and care without putting a condition on it. Because that's the other thing he gets to this, right? He picks back up on that example he used earlier about not expecting repayment. And he says it here, right? Give without expecting, without the condition. Find a way to love that person. And when it's the hard to love person without putting the expectation uh, on them, um, which is difficult, right? Think of it's the person who's disappointed you. And they've disappointed you in a way that's just like, I, like you, you want to hold back. It's just like, you know, I invested in you. And like, and I just feel like you're squandering energy or time or resources that I put in your life. And, and, and there's that temptation to just withhold. And it's like, no, don't, don't withhold love. Don't withhold grace because you've put a condition that like they need to measure up or they needed to have done something with that, right? 
that gets tough. Or what about the person that you see and it's like, you know, there, there's, there's a moral belief that that person has. There's some stand that they have. There, there's something about them and, I just, and it just feels like, I, like, I don't want to condone that. I don't want to like, it's just like, like, isn't that the person I should set aside? That I like, just like, he's like, no, find a way to care and love for even that person in this. And this gets hard. It gets hard in little ways and in big ways, right? I tried practicing this uh, this week. I was driving down Oracle Road and there was a person and the way this person was driving was bothering me, right? They were like in the fast lane, driving slow. And I had a moment where I could slip in there and jump in front of them. And I thought, I'm going to do this. And then I thought, wait, no, no. I'll probably just aggravate them to do that. I'll, I'll, I'm going to just wait on them. And so I did. And it was frustrating, man. I just, I was just like, my goodness. I was just like, this is hard. So when Jesus says this thing, when he says, I mean, look at this verse again. Let me just read this verse again. This is what he's asking us to do, right? But love your enemies and do good to them and lend them without expecting getting anything back, right? It's easy to say those words. But it's a whole different ball game to live them, isn't it, right? And if you're like me, there's a part of me that like, I want to go out of here this morning. I want to say, okay, I want to live that out, right? I'm going to do that. But if you're also like me, there's going to be moments where it's just hard. It's going to be like, I can't believe it. It's just, it's difficult, isn't it, right? And really the challenge that I gave you there, I didn't spend a lot of time teaching all of that out because there's a part of it that we know this. The difficult part is doing it. But you know, here's what I love about Jesus. He finishes this section out, and we're going to look at this in just a second, kind of offering something to help us. So if you find uh, moments where that hard to love person is hard to love, here's something that Jesus offers that I think if you can see what he's doing can be really helpful in this. And, and it's really just reminding yourself of two things, two things. Um, I want you to look at the passage and then I'll point out what these two things are. Um, look at verse 35. He says this, um, then, and this is after he kind of makes that challenge. Why don't you go out and love people that are hard to love? Then he says, then, verse 35, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So when it gets hard, when you find yourself trying to live out this grace-filled love with that person that has nothing to offer you in return, remember these two things. Here's the first thing to remember. Remind yourself of who you are in Christ. What does he say there? He says, you are a child of who? Of the most high. Like, like underline that in your Bibles because that's who you are. You're a child of the most high. And here's why that's important. Because you were made to love with unconditional love, right? Um, there is something about loving others with unconditional love that I want to argue that does something good for you. It is not an impossible feat for you to do this. It may be hard, but if you're a child of God, like you were wired for this, 
There's something going on in your spiritual journey with God. And let me say this too. If you're here this morning, if you're watching this and you're just like, man, I, like, I've heard you talk about like this relationship with God at different moments or to be a child of God and you want more, you want to know more about that, I encourage you. If you're online, uh, like reach out to the online host or if you're here this morning, go and see uh, someone at, right after the service in our prayer place in this because there's something beautiful that happens, right? In being a follower of God, it's like he... It's like we were hardwired to do this. Not easy, but there's something beautiful in it. Um, And I don't even want to say you and I need to experience moments where where we're the one that is giving away that unconditional love. And here's why. I think one of the biggest struggles we have as followers of Christ oftentimes and I see this as a pastor, is struggling at moments that we even miss ourselves at actually embracing or allowing the truth of God's unconditional love to manifest itself in your life. I cannot tell you how many times I see Christians because there's, there's right in this world, we're gonna struggle with this thing where, where we... It's like God is offering us this kind of amazing grace and this unmerited favor that just does so much for our souls. And even as followers of Christ, there's gonna be moments where we're just like, no, I, like, I just, no, I need to earn that. No, I don't deserve that. No, like, and, and it can be hard to accept it. But here's what I've seen, what I've experienced. Sometimes in those moments where I struggle through to love someone with unconditional love, even that person who's hard to love, it's like it opens me up to let God love me better. And I think sometimes Christians, we miss that that is something that we need more than we realize. And I want that for you. I want you to experience what it is to give that away because there's something so precious, right? We've all experienced those moments where you loved someone who was undeserving, someone who had nothing to offer you, and yet you offered them something. Do you remember what that did for you and what it did for them? Like, Like, you need to experience that more in your relationship with God. And this opens us up to that. Second thing, second thing to remember is this, or remind yourself of is this, remind yourself that this is modeling the way God loves. When you love that person that way, when you, and, right, and you're gonna have these moments where you're just gonna go like, I don't know. It feels like, have you ever had this moment? It's like, okay, I wanna love that person, but I, but I can't agree with like something they're doing. Maybe it's a moral thing. Maybe it's something they believe and you're just like, like am I condoning the wrong thing? Am I rewarding the wrong thing? Am I like, it's like, and, and there's a part of you and just go like, is this really okay? Should I be doing this? Here's what I want to remind you of. Jesus says in this passage, that is exactly how God loves those folks. Like, I mean, look back at it. Look at what he says, right? He says, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked, be merciful just as your father is merciful, right? If there is this part where God can have patience with someone who is ungrateful and doesn't give, if God can find a way to see that, then it's okay for you and for me to do the same thing. That when we love in this remarkable, unconditional way, all we're doing is following 
our God in heaven who has already modeled it for us. And that's the beautiful thing in this, right? I think about that bus driver, you know, years and years uh, back. And I think about like all the things I did. And you know what? I think about that. I had nothing to offer that guy, right? I was just some snot-nosed, spitting kid who just, just like, that's who I was, right? They, I had nothing that he needed. I had nothing to offer him. And yet somehow he, he found a way to see past my hyperness. He found a way to see past uh, all the problems I caused. He found a way to see a kid who just was bored to death on a bus and didn't know what to do for an hour and a half. And he found a way to see me and just treat me with grace and kindness. I was talking to my dad after the last service and he remembered this bus driver. And he said, um, he looked after your sister one time. One time your sister was on the bus, you weren't there. And there was no one at the bus stop. And he didn't feel okay dropping your sister off at the bus stop. He actually drove the bus to our house and dropped my sister off at at the house. And it's just the way, he didn't have to do that, but he did. And when I think back on that, right, there's something, there's something about that that is so powerful in this world. And that is the kind of love that you and I are called to live, right? There's a kind of love. There's a kind of love that in the end is just a transaction. But friends, there is also a kind of love that is bathed in God's grace and is fully accessible to you and to me. And may we live that love. Why don't you stand and I'm gonna close this in prayer here. Let me pray. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you for the grace and the love that you have for us. And I pray that we would be reminded of that. And just that reminder of who you are, that that would just, just the beauty of who you are and your mercy and your grace would just fill our souls in a way that would actually empower us to live in a way that models that to a world who needs this kind of love desperately. And I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Have a great morning. See you next week.